Hey guys, welcome to Real Live Talk. Thanks so much for being here. This is episode 16 and I'm your host, Duke LaMastra. For this episode, I sat down with my long lost friend, Josh Hogenkamp. We go way back to Elam Bible Institute and college days where we were roommates. We did a summer internship together, lived together, spent crazy amounts of time together and then didn't speak for like 13 years. And so this conversation is actually the first time that we had spoken since way back then, but we had an awesome conversation. Josh is a former missionary uh, with Campus Target, and he continues to do stuff with missions work and, and imparting his life and experience and the leadership knowledge and wisdom that he has into raising up leaders. And uh, he also works as the Director of Marketing for College Assistance Plus, which is an organization that specializes in helping families save money, like tremendous money on college education. And uh, we just had an awesome conversation around life and ministry and a little bit of parenthood. But uh, the majority of the conversation really centered around um, the college experience and and how his organization that he works with is helping families save all kinds of money. There's a lot, a lot of value in this conversation, particularly if you are a parent of young children or children that are in middle school or high school and there's consideration for uh, sending your children to college or maybe you are in that mode of life where you're thinking about pursuing college or something like that. Uh, even if you're not, though, there's a there's a lot of value in this conversation for anybody who's listening. So thanks so much for being here. Now let's go ahead and jump into this conversation with Josh Hogenkamp. Welcome to Real Live Talk. I'm here today with We're Josh live. Hogenkamp. <laughs> we are live. We, Thank we you for interrupting live. me, by the way. <laughs> you're welcome. You know, it's all about good transitions here. Yeah. All right. I already see how this is going to go. Hey, all right. Well, let's not, before that, let me just mention, um, this is the first time that Josh and I have talked face to face in, uh, what did we, what did we decide? My wedding day? I, I think your wedding day. My wedding day. Which is so, pretty nuts. 13 years. We just celebrated our 13 year Crazy. anniversary. So, um, I think I needed that time of just distance. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I I could I completely agree. But I think I think it's been long enough. We Our three ag- years of friendship was yeah. so traumatic <laughs> to your yeah. psyche. So for every three years of friendship, we need thirteen. We can't years talk for off. fifteen years. <laughs> See when I'm fifty, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, this will be good. So, well, look. I okay, think- so th- so this is crazy. So, why haven't we talked in so long though? Because we were we were friends in our freshman year, and then we were roommates. I mean, oh, shut up, shut up. <laughs> we were friends. We I lived in Florida. Really nice we lived. Then, Josh, That's we lived thing. in Florida together for a summer. We were roommates, and then why haven't we talked in so long? I don't know, man. Uh, I. Not 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 jokingly, like because I mean, I, I we could I could keep joking about this. Of course, and, and, and it could be you know, but no, but I think for real, I think we're just idiots. That, like that's I, fair. If I I'm had okay to with be, that. <laughs> at least for me, I mean, at least on my end. Um, no, I mean, I think well, okay. So here's the deal: we were together, we were roommates. It was glorious, um, all of that, and then like I moved to Mexico, and then. You became a missionary, I moved, and I moved to Asia. <laughs> you moved to wait, Asia. wait! How did you move to Mexico and not, or and you didn't? You were a missionary. Would you would you consider yourself a missionary in that situation? Yeah, I mean, technically, so okay. n- not fully, not like you. Oh come on! There's no hierarchy here. I don't give myself that that status because my 
so my wife was is from where I was a missionary to. Uh -huh. <laughs> so it was a little bit different. Uh, but we were Elam missionaries. Um, so this is interesting, though, because you were I lived in Asia for four years um, and I was dealing with cross-cultural stress all the time. Now, you were getting married and that the cross-culturalness of your marriage plus an extra of living there. What do you think that was helpful? Was it stressful? Because anybody, you know, that's not realizing the, the stress that you're getting into if you're marrying in different cultures. I mean, I, I married a white girl from Western New York and we still had cultural clashes because of sure. where we grew up. Right. Yeah. So was living in that country, was that helpful in that transition or was it still really difficult? Well, I feel like it was helpful. Um, here's the thing that for me, like normally when you go into another country and you're like learning a language and all of that, normally like you know, we, we would all agree that the best way to learn a language is to kind of immerse yourself yes, in the culture and, and all of that. And so for me, because I had my wife to escape to, because we, we learned to speak English together because I didn't know Spanish when I met her. And so our relationship, you know, we, we were comfortable speaking English with one another. We spoke English at home and stuff like that. So I kind of had that escape where, like half the day I was immersed in, you know, in office setting at churches and stuff like that and talking to people and having to figure out how to fumble my way through communication. I got you. And there was all that. But then like the other half of the day, I was able to just kind of use English and, and, you know, all of that. And so I sort of had that escape. So on the one hand for that kind of stuff, like the sort of logistical stuff, it did take me a little bit longer than I think it could have. For me to become real comfortable with the language and all of that kind of stuff um like we had people that came down for like a visit and would just stay with a family that only spoke spanish and they'd be there for a month and they would speak better spanish than me after i was there for yeah. eight months so it was pretty crazy uh, as far as that goes but um it was definitely it definitely felt really helpful for me to have her there to like navigate different things, even simple things like grocery shopping, which oh, yeah, yeah, even yeah. that becomes difficult to try to figure out how much this costs and what this is and, you know, where to find this and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I would do some of that by myself anyway, so it wasn't all the time. But, yeah, I mean, I would say that for me, for like my mental, you know, functioning and all of that, I think it was definitely helpful to have her there. Uh, but I do see the through, merit in being there, you know, completely on your own as well. And she just went through three years in a cross-cultural context herself. Sure. So she was coming right off of that situation. And so I'm assuming that was really helpful that there was multiple bonding experiences from both sides of the culture when the other person was in the other cultures. I'm, I'm guessing that was helpful. Yeah, man. By the way, it's really cool that you, you decided to interview me today. On, uh, I like on, asking questions. On your People podcast. Are <laughs> no, <just kidding laughs> Today, real talk with Duke Lamatra. Uh, no, yeah, but, but for sure, and that and that and those are really really good questions um, that I, I guess I haven't really thought much about until just now. So I'm just kind of thinking through some of this with you. But but, but yeah, by the way, sure. this, this episode is brought to you by Arizona Green Tea with cucumber, <laughs> and also Josh Whippy. I want to plug him real quick. Just go to anything he has. Just go talk to him. <laughs> just plug Josh. Whippy. He's just. He just He's getting just, plugged all day. Just through. send him all your money at joshwhippy.paypal.org. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, that was. Did you see that the other day when he was just? Yeah, that's why it was hilarious. He's like, all <laughs> markers, sharpie markers. <laughs> Under Armour, shout out to Under Armour. No, but uh, <laughs> so anyway, I started to say at the beginning here that Josh Hogan Camp 
is a <laughs> former missionary <laughs> through Campus Target. I don't know what to do with my hands. Uh, he's a former missionary through Campus Target, currently serves on the Global Missions Committee for Elam Fellowship. Mm-hmm. He's also the Director of Marketing at College Assistance Plus, which is an I organization am. that helps families save money on college. Definitely want to talk about that. Um, he's uh, passionate about revival, raising up leaders, building bridges to strengthen believers in the body of Christ. Uh, and uh, most importantly, he's from the greatest state ever. And uh, well, you already know that he's my former roommate and all that good stuff. So the 609, man, 609, bro, the 908 is where I'm from. And I found out that, uh, yeah, I found out that Alex Seidler was also from the 908 and I didn't realize that until just like the last podcast yeah. we did. Yeah, I know. I mean, it was, it's always clear that there's something wrong with both of you. So, <laughs> so now there's the common denominator. We're just a little bit, we were a little bit more North of you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Josh, Josh has some funny things to say about South Jersey. Um, but yeah, man. So that's the difference. That's why I'm a Giants fan and you're an Eagles fan. Exactly. I live about 15 minutes South of Trenton. Well, I grew up 15 minutes South of Trenton and uh, that's usually the line. Burlington yeah. County down is South Jersey. Mercer County up is North Jersey. Yeah. And by the way, I would definitely normally have all kinds of uh, nasty things to say about the Eagles, but the Giants and hard Eagles both suck. The whole thing is a dumpster fire right now. Yeah, it's so terrible. It's just, there's no point. Okay. Uh, I have a question. Uh, no, we can talk about football another time. <laughs> anyway. I, I was going to say, people were expecting the Cowboys to win, but Dak Prescott just broke his leg in half last year. How is that going to happen? I don't know. I don't know, man. We'll see. I, I don't know. I don't know anything anymore. The Washington won the division at seven and nine, right? <laughs> the Washington football team. The Washington, they don't even have a name anymore. Ugh. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, but I'm pumped to talk to you today, man. Glad you're yeah. here. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> we had so much fun. I mean, we talked about briefly. We were roommates and we spent a summer in uh florida together and we always yeah. had a blast and always Tampa. had a, a lot of laughs so it's uh it's great to talk to you too yeah but well before we get into like maybe some serious stuff we do need to um adjust the elephant in the room what elephant the, is this the, the uh well we just need to we just need to talk we just need to acknowledge steve the seal oh my god we really need to do this so i was actually looking so you want to tell the story <clears throat> I would actually love for you to tell the story. Okay. So Steve, the seal, we were out um, a couple weeks ago. You actually had James Dodds white on yeah. the, your, your podcast. Shout out. And, uh, and so he uh, decided to, well, through our mutual friend, Mark, uh, we went down to Tampa and we were working at Bush gardens and we were interning at church. Was it new, new life? That's it probably was grace, grace, grace family, life. grace family. Grace if you put church. grace and life and family together, it's basically half the churches in the America, exactly. uh, in America. So we're good. Um, grace family. And so we were interns there and we work with the youth group and it was a blast with our friend, Megan, who I, I haven't talked to since then. Yeah. There's probably, there's probably a connection there. Um, <laughs> and so we had, we were, I was actually talking to a friend about that event that we, th- uh, we, we threw, it was a summer water party basically for a bunch of the, yeah, uh, man. And it was a blast. One of the games that we had was um, slip and slide kickball, kickball where you yeah. would slip and slide into kiddie pools. And that was a blast. But we made a bunch of commercials beforehand to show <laughs> to the youth group of like how many kids were in that youth group, like 400, 300 right around. Yeah, more. I mean, I, th- 
Yeah, I, th- I think it was three to four hundred in the yeah. in the junior high, and then another at least two hundred probably in the high school. So, so we made crazy. these commercials, and one of the things that we did was we bought a big bright yellow Steve the Seal, and it was a blow up seal, like for like you you'd have in a pool. And so he was our mascot for the rest yep. of the summer. So yep. he was in our commercial. I need to find that, and I'm gonna. I think it's on my old computer. I'll send it to you. It was incredible. And then he also hung in our room for the whole year i believe now i don't remember what yeah. so he was hanging he was hanging like it's probably three three and a half foot long seal and we just hung him up in our room which by the way <laughs> yeah, there was right. no room in that room i don't know why <laughs> we was decided. the smallest room oh it's ridiculous ever in 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 phelan hall by the way fa- yes. like phelan hall that's got to be the biggest oversight in college history <laughs> to name um, your hall phelan yeah <laughs> anyway just, just so give steve up the seal steve the seal yeah. hung out with us for the year yeah and i don't know exactly what happened to him i think i actually got him home somehow and i'm not sure what happened to him but yeah i was, was gonna amazing. ask you because i couldn't remember i thought you had taken him um, i think i took property <laughs> so. but so so we don't know we don't know where he ended up he was great though he was fun yeah he my, was... my favorite one was us i think it was you escaping out of the car and then running into the pool and jumping in the pool because steve wanted water so bad it was it was awesome <laughs> yeah so we recorded these commercials with with steve in like we we were in fountains like so in front of these like housing developments we would just go to a random housing development where there would be this like nice pristine fountain and we would hop in the fountain with steve the seal and video cameras and these are like four hundred thousand dollar homes <laughs> <laughs> And you have these knucklehead 20-year-olds in fountains in their bathing suits. I mean yeah, it was man. Florida though, so anything goes. But it was that was a legit that was a legit summer. It was pretty awesome. I've played that since then, by the way. That um kickball, slip and slide kickball. We played that oh, with our church last year, I think. Yeah, oh, it's, it's awesome. Great. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah, and we invented it, right? Sure. I mean, I'd never heard of it before. I'm probably I'm sure someone had done it before, but anyway. So uh so yeah, buddy. Well, give me give me kind of um an update, not an update. That's not the right word. Uh, sort of like history from from Elam from the last time I saw you, which was on my wedding day, apparently. Uh, to now, like, uh, you know, what have you what have you been up to? I mean, obviously, I know the I know the, the overall picture yeah. of the missions work and stuff like that, but I'd love to just hear a little bit about the journey that you've been on with the Lord since yeah. then until now. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, well, I, I went to school, uh, went to Elam, graduated, uh, I was in the youth pastor, youth pastor. You graduated, uh, like, summa, summa cum laude, right? I have no idea. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> um, Just kidding. So I, I, I went through the or the youth pastor track and did that, and uh, that I went, did that because I had a really influential youth pastor in my life uh, when I was growing up, and I was like, okay, if I could help people in this way. Um, and so immediately after that, though, I, I was a 20, you know, it was actually the fall of my senior year and our mutual friend Costa and I were sitting together in, well, not even together, but in a chapel and we heard about Campus Target and one of our good friends, well, a- actually Alex, Alex has been here before. He was in over in Asia at the time and some other friends drew and some other friends we knew. And we kind of basically just texted, hey, we don't have anything going on. And this is my thought. Uh, I don't have anything going on. I didn't really feel ready to step into a youth pastor role. Why don't I go spend nine months over in Asia just because I don't have anything tying me down? And, you know, l- let me just go have a little adventure. 
and I was really never into like evangelism or mission missions work before, which sounds funny, but you know, that, that's the reality. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I was just going cause it was an adventure. It was fun. And I was like, Hey, I'm doing stuff for God in another country. This is not a bad thing. I'll come back in nine months and I'll start my life, whatever that looks like. And so basically when I got, uh, there's a whole other story of me actually getting engaged a couple months before I left and my fiance wasn't with me. And it, wow. that was a whole other thing. That was fun. Well, yeah, um, I bet which included I'll take a sidetrack. I'll send you this photo another time is there was a bet made that first year I was growing my beard and I was growing my hair and I didn't cut my hair at all or my beard. And Alex, who was actually my roommate was like, dude, you smell like cheese. <laughs> you smell like cheese. Cause the bet was if I didn't shave, I, I wouldn't shave or cut my hair again. I was 21 years old and my fiance was on the other side of the world. There yeah. was no reason for hygiene going on there no reason no reason. there was probably some reason for hygiene let's be Maybe, honest but like the basic stuff not like looking yeah. not like a homeless man yeah i got you and so halfway through the year i was about to see my my fiance for the first time in five months four months whatever it was no like, okay so that bet let's side you know let's back off that bet but the new bet is if you shave your head like friar tuck so i had really long hair and a huge beard and I shaved all the way down no way. just the very top of my head. So it was complete. So I looked exactly like Fry Tuck. And that's how I saw saw my wife Kelsey for the first time in five months. <laughs> what did she so say? She was just like, she, What the hell? What the hell did you decision. do? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, here's the ring back. No. No, she was she it, it was funny. Um, and so I went through that year uh, in in Asia and one of the things that was crazy, if you've never been another, you know, outside of America or outside of places that hasn't heard about Jesus, mm -hmm. is that you sit down with people and you start talking about who he is and what he's done. And yeah. they literally don't know what you're talking about. Like mm -hmm. anybody here, you will go down almost any, you know, town in the U.S. and you pass 17 churches and everybody, you know, some whether you're saying like they've heard the gospel, whatever that means right. for you. Yeah. Yeah, they understand they have opportunity, but then you go to another place and they have literally never heard anything about who Jesus is. And God in, just interacts with those people in such a powerful way that changes you. And so halfway through the year of that, I was just going because I was just having fun and being adventurous and doing it for for a good cause. Um, yeah. I basically said, God, I don't know what this is. I never thought I was going to be a missionary, but as long as you want me here, I'll be here. Hmm. And that just that heart of surrender to what God has for you can really take you to some interesting places and, and some uh, awesome situations. Yeah, man. And so um, I came back. We uh, we got Kelsey and I got married when I got back that that next summer. And uh, I really felt like we were supposed to go back and live in Asia. And she wasn't necessarily there yet. And uh, so we took some months to process and decided to go back and we ended up living there for three years. And then I came home and or came back to America. We did found out a week after we landed that we were pregnant with our first wow. our, our first son, which is crazy. And then I worked for six years doing recruiting and uh, training and um, onboarding new team members, support raising training, um, all sorts of things like that. And so for those six years, um, just going out and talking to different college groups and churches and, and having conversations about, you know, the futures of, of these kids yeah, um, man. and what God had for them. And that was really, really special. And then about, when was that? I, I don't even remember. No, it was a two, two and a half years ago, about just over two years. Uh, I finished up there, worked for a year at Elon fellowship. 
doing some different things with them, really being trying to be an advocate for young leaders there. And then since two, December 2019 is where I, when I started working at College Assistance Plus um, and then have gone through some role changes uh, in the last year and a half, too. So that's where I am. And, and uh, there's been a few themes, I would say, that through those however many years, 14 years, 13 years. Um, yeah. One is that uh, it's really clear that God has uh, two main values that he has for me is empowering and equipping. Mm -hmm. and helping get people get to where they're supposed to be and where, where God has for them. And so that's, that was really strong values. Even in my recruiting role, I was, you know, I did that for six years, five of those years as a recruiting director, um, helping people get over their fears, helping people understand what God has for them and expand the view. Sometimes that's on the mission field, but oftentimes that's in a lot of different places, but one thing that we see in almost everybody, especially someone who is just starting something or is increasing in a role or, or promotion is that they never think they can do it. Hmm. And just helping them see what God has in them and what, you know, both the skills and talents, like the natural stuff, but then also how God can use them, empower them. Um, it's just cool to see people kind of break beyond the fear that they have to step into potential of what God has for them. Um, and then th yeah, that's one of the reasons I'm working where I'm working now is that, uh, and we could talk more about this, you know, down, down, the, down the road, but, um, especially financially is that our generation and, and, and Gen Z is getting handicapped by school and sure. college debt and student debt. And sometimes they need it. Sometimes they don't. But it's basically causing a huge issue with our whole, you know, multiple generations that's causing them, you know, we see different numbers of there's, they're not saving as much, which is going to hurt their retirement, mm -hmm. but they're also not able to start families. They're not able to buy houses. They're not able to get married um, in whatever order they choose, you know, yeah, man. For, for, for them. Uh, but it's also very real is that I was a 21 year old and I had the, the benefit of going to a really cheap college and my mom helped me pay and you know she was loaning me money and i didn't have a loan payment to take care of as soon yeah. as i graduated and that gave me room and opportunity to explore a little bit and what that did completely changed my life and yeah. so if there's ways that i can help families you know uh not just 18 19, you know 17 18 year olds think more about what they want to do in their life and how they've been created and what skills and talents they have but also the best way to get there that that they're not overwhelmed by student debt. Uh, that's a really good thing. So that, that really falls in line with that empowering and equipping people for, for what's mm. up ahead. Yeah, man. So would you say that you had a, were you, I don't know, would you say that you were more suited toward one or the other, or was it just different seasons? Like when you were actually there overseas, as opposed to you kind of being on the home front and really focusing more on equipping and sending out the next group, you know, to, to head overseas. Like was, did you, was, was one that you just kind of felt was more you or were they both just really good in different, you know, seasons? They of were, life? they were really great in different seasons. Even when we were there um, about a year and a half of that four years, I was kind of a frontline, you know, uh, bottom, you know, fr frontline worker. I was frontline worker all those four years, but I didn't have any leadership responsibilities that first year and a half. Okay. And then the second half of the second year, something happened with our leader and I was kind of jumped into, it was actually crazy. Um, 
there was three couples that we were all on a team and the, the main couple they had to, the, who was leading our team had to go home in the middle of the year. And I was jumped mm. up into to leading that team. Wow. Now, the funny thing is uh, it was three married couples. And so myself and the other married uh, couple, the, the husband, we didn't get along very well. <laughs> so it was, uh, you could write it. Uh, did, he, did he like to cut his hair and trim his beard? And that, that I was, was groomed at that conflict. point. I had a wife. Okay. I knew what was at going that point, on. You were married. There's a, there's a, there's like most times there's insecurities in all situations. Right. Mm, Um, and when our insecurities go against each other or when we're, that's how we're, what we're communicating out of, there's going to be hurt. There's going to be miscommunication. There's going to be issues. There's going to be arguing. There's going to be conflict and not conflict in a good way. Like you can have conflict in a good way, but when you're always, when the the goal of your conflict conflict is to get more for you in no matter what, that's going to hurt the other person Good point. Yeah. And so I was just communicating and, and leading out of insecurity and hurt. And mm-hmm. um, so I learned a lot that year. <laughs> and so, but the, the two years after that, we were leading uh, teams and we were leading cities. My wife and I, the next year we were, we were leading uh, the city and that was four, eight. It's like 15, 16 people that we were leading in that, in that city. Well, wow. um, and then the next year we were working with Alex and Jody and we had another uh, team of first year workers. And so I was wearing all sorts of different hats multiple times th- for, through the week. Uh, like our, our last year, we were first year worker leaders. We were um, city leaders. We were I was a part time language student. And then I was also helping to plan a church that year. Mm. So and then I was also like a husband. Uh, right. And so it was always just, you know, going in between different hats. And then when it got back to the States, it was more, you know, traditional leadership within a, an organization that was a little more steady. Um, yeah. But each each of them had really special times and that were um, were good for, for different reasons and bad for yeah. different reasons. Like well, anything. Sure. well, clearly, too. I mean, obviously, being over there and being a frontline worker and then working in that leadership capacity there and all the things that you learned, of course, that obviously prepared you and equipped you oh to better gosh. be able to lead and, you know, help the people yeah. know what they were going into and all that kind of stuff, you know? Um, yeah. I, I, we were really lucky. And well, some, sometimes the position that the organization was in, we had to step into different lo- roles that we weren't necessarily ready for. Okay. Um, and that taught us a lot and it could have been really harmful for us, but luckily it wasn't. Mm. Um, we, we had scars, you know, from those times, um, often from our own mistakes, but that's life. But just by the grace of God, we didn't walk away hating ministry or hating Christians or anything like that, um, which we were really lucky for. There's a lot of situations you hear missionaries having terrible experiences, whether yeah. it's here in the States or overseas. Yeah. And it's not like it's not like people and leaders. I think this is stuff. Most of the time, leaders have good intentions. Mm-hmm. They don't want to hurt people, but sometimes yeah. their stuff gets in the way and, and it ends up happening. Yeah. And so, um, but through all that, I mean, I was 22, 23, 24 years old leading, you know, a dozen, a dozen and a half people in cross-cultural context in very serious situations. It's not like the army or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying, but yeah. I walked back, I, I walked out, you know, having, well, one, I was at the campus target for 10 years which is nuts as a, you know, 32 year old, you know, 33 year old, whatever it was, um, having all those, you know, all that experience, but then 
you know, walking on it, mostly healthy, learning a lot, growing it a lot. That's been really beneficial yeah, for us in our life. Yeah, it's it. It's crazy. Like I, I think what you what you were saying earlier about you know leading out of insecurity. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's that's kind of the risk, right? Of uh, I, I think that we're all into this idea of raising up leaders, raising up young leaders, and whether they're young in age or you know they're okay. older but they're new, you know, believers, whatever the case may be. But like you know, I I I think that we. I'm really into raising people up and not making them wait all this time. But then like the sort of the the risk that gets run there, which I've seen in my life. And as you're saying, you saw in your life. And I think it's probably everybody, probably to an extent, everybody is, you know, where we do end up leading from a place of, of insecurity. And we're not, you know, we're, we're trying to wrap our heads around stuff and figure stuff out. We think we need to prove ourselves. Like, I know that that was a thing with me, even when I was in Mexico, it was like, you know, doing certain things in ministry, because I felt like I need to fit into this mold, I need to fit into this box, I need to be, you know, accepted this way. And I need to, you know, make a good impression, I need to do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's kind of like anything starting a new job or whatever. But then I think you end up, um, you know, definitely leading from that place of insecurity. And what's that thing that everybody always says, hurt people, hurt people, people. right? Absolutely. (laughs) So, you know, when you're when you're leading from that place, Uh, And so I think I think some of that is just always going to be there. Like there's something that's just normal about that as part of the growth process. But being able to withstand through it, to be able to reflect on it, to learn from, you know, be able to see your mistakes, see where you can grow, where you can increase and then actually doing that. You know what I mean? So that now, you know, you're in a you're in a context where you're able to teach others and raise up others and kind of walk them through some of those, you know, pitfalls and things like that, that, that you went through. And, you know, it just gives you that ability to even in a greater way, be able to impart strength and guidance to those that you're working with now. And I would also say, especially for younger leaders, and I think everybody, we're always looking to what's next. We're always saying, I wish I was a better blank. I wish I was a better, you know, I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a ball, you know, <laughs> I wish, <laughs> I wish, I wish, but wish all of us do Eagles that. No, yeah. Kidding. Sometimes um, all of us do that in different ways. And that hurts us in a few ways. One, it hurts us in not appreciating where we're at now, mm, which is true. really difficult. Yeah. I mean, I would say the same, as we're both fathers of young kids, and I look, I was just, you know, my phone popped up. Uh, also, Google Android, uh, Google uh, Pixel, amazing phone. Another shout out. Um, it was showing, it was showing me, it was showing me pictures of three years ago. And our, our youngest is uh, my daughter, Nora. She's three years old. And I look back at where my boys were. I have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old now. And so they were uh, five and three. And I okay. just look and I'm like, what the heck? Like where has the last three years gone? Wow. And so if we're always looking ahead, we're not enjoying what's there with Come us on. right now. But also we are dis if we're always looking ahead and wishing for more, it's hard for us to rejoice in what's happened because yeah. we're always looking ahead. Now there's a balance there, right? If we're just living sure. in the past, that's not good. But if we're always li- living in the future, there has to be a tension there, right? If you're yeah. always looking for what's ahead, you're not happy with where you're at now and you're not enjoying it and you're not celebrating the past. If you're always looking in the past, you end up being a victim 
and mm. you're not looking ahead to what what's going to happen next too. So I think there's a tension there. You have to take balances and For enjoy sure, it, man. and uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, I love what you're saying, and it's so key. It is so key for yeah. uh, every everybody can probably relate to this. It's like uh, I believe you know our faith is anchored in the future. I would say because we're looking forward to what God has promised and what God has said, yeah. and so it's important to keep that vision of of what we're going after, what we're walking toward. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise, if we don't have that, you know, it's kind of like what people tell you in business, you need to have a strong why or you need to, you know, it's kind of like if we don't have that thing, that's our focal point that we're looking at that I know this is what God called me to do. Yeah. yeah. Then when or things be. get really difficult and frustrating, yeah. then it's like easy to quit. Absolutely. I mean, there's always that like I'm, I'm just. I'm always trying to be, I'm not trying to be super, super spiritual. I, I'm trying to be like Jesus. Right. I know that's probably not going to be possible. <laughs> right because i'm a terrible person no um little by little josh little by more, little more and more yeah and, and so i want to be like that and that gives me the hope because i know th- i know the holy spirit's didn't work in my life and so i know that he's bringing me toward that and that's some of you know obviously a ton of him and you know there's steps that i need to take also and then also looking at my surroundings now and realizing that there's so much more for me yeah um but we can't it's the, it's that hope hope for the better tomorrow and hope for for you know what life looks like 50 years from now yeah, but also man. looking back and saying okay what has he saved me from and at the same time enjoying what's happening right now uh i, I think there's 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 beauty yeah. all around us in our families and the situations that we're in and our our friends and i mean we were just at 4th of July fireworks last night and I made sure my phone was away because I was enjoying that, you know, that, yeah, that experience man, and that fun. Um, that's great. And so th- there's a balance. You have to, you, you can't just be looking in one direction. You need exactly. to be looking all around. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's kind of where I was going is like, you know, having that future vision, but then being able to, at the same time, live in the present so, to the yeah. point where like, you know, there's contentment of, you know, being being content with with what you have and where you are, but not contentment to the point of like, oh, well, I'm like, I'm good. I'm comfortable. I'm going to stay there forever. Exactly. And so, yeah, man, that that balance, that tension that you're talking about is so important because like I'll find that I'll be spending time with my family, but I'll be so concerned about this project that I need to get done that like I'm there, but I'm not actually present, you know, mentally, emotionally. And then, you know, and then like I move on to the next thing and I'm, I'm working on the project now, but then there's like this guilt, <laughs> that like I didn't give my family what they needed. And you know what I mean? And so I, I just feel like I feel like being able to be present in your life where you are in the moment is just Hard. so key. It's, but yeah. yeah, it's 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 tricky, man. Like our our minds are really like. I, I would say depending on how you're wired you're wired too is because I, I that can apply in all different areas not just with the family i think everybody is like yes you should put your phone away during family time like only dirtbags are like actually espn <laughs> is much better than my kids my kids are annoying <laughs> like only and i mean some people think and we all feel that sometimes that you know that, that happens but even in situations like you're doing stuff at work and i i really think ahead and i like i have all sorts of plans for everything even not putting your best effort in your mind and your energy into what you're working on now because you're thinking about the big picture exactly. can also be 
be harmful in every area, you know, yeah. relationships and work and what we're doing, um, you know, in every area of your life, physical health, mental health, all, all those different areas. That's good, man. And, and that's, it's, it's that's, hard though. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard. Yeah. And that's why we need each other too. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's one thing you got to kind of figure that out in your family, you know, hopefully maybe, maybe you, you know, you and your wife kind of complement each other and you can like, you know, maybe certain areas where you're more focused on this kind of thing, but she's more, yeah. and you kind of bounce each other out. Like that's all, that's good. Definitely within organizations, whether it's, you know, business ministry context, whatever, having people around us and not trying to do everything on our own, mm-hmm. because what we'll do is like those like sort of blind spots in my life, hopefully somebody else doesn't have those same blind spots. And so they're able to kind of point out in me, you know, different things. Hopefully I accept that and I'm not, you know, so insecure that I'm not willing to receive yeah. that criticism or I've been meaning I mean? to talk to you about something. We haven't <laughs> talked in 13 years, but I have some insecurities though. <laughs> no, it's true. It, it's exactly. if, if you're not secure, you're not going to have great communication and yeah. uh, you're not going to be able to, to lever, you know, help the people around you aren't going to be able to help as much. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. I totally cut up. That was going to be a great <laughs> point. Duke. Well, it's over now, Josh. Sorry. You, you blew it. No, 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 for real. No. I mean, just to, just to kind of maybe, maybe wrap that thought up. It was just thinking about how, um, when we try to go on our own and, and figure things out by just by ourselves and, and try to be quote unquote successful on our own. It's just like, I don't think we're, I don't think it's supposed to be like that. I don't think we're wired that way. Definitely not. Um, there was, there was somebody, it was, um, the, the company that I, that I work with slash used to work with, um, they, they would say something like this. I'm trying to remember what the, I'm, I'm stalling. I'm trying to remember what the statement was. It's like, um, if you want to run fast, run alone. Yeah. If you want to run far, run together, something Absolutely. like that. And, and it's just to have that real like longevity and long-term success in anything that you're doing, you need people around you that can kind of balance you out and, um, you know, we, we read this, um, book as part of our pastoral team, this book called the five voices. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's, uh, it, uh, it's co-authored, but one of the authors, his name is, uh, Jeremy of course Kubitschek. it's co-authored. It's called the five voices. <laughs> exactly. That would have been a major, Jim, Bob, <laughs> Kathy, that Susan, a, that would have been a major, Kramer. <laughs> they're all in my head. That's a very different book, sir. <laughs> That's absurd. That's amazing that you just went there. Uh, but anyway, it just talks about like understanding how you are being perceived to the world around you through the way that you talk and stuff like that. And then the because you have we all have these filters that we you know, they're just subconscious or whatever. But like I filter what you're telling me through whatever that filter is of my personality, you know, and so it's sort of like a it's not like a personality profile kind of a thing, but it sort of works along those lines. It's like, this is my personality and how my personality is, is demonstrated in the way that I communicate with the world around me. And so like, it's just eye opening when you start to see like, Oh, this is the way that I am. And this is why it bothers me when so-and-so talks to me about this kind of stuff and why I like certain things just fly over my head because it's just not the way that my mind operates, but we can all sort of grow 
in those areas, but we can't really grow if we're trying to do it alone. Like we need, Absolutely. we need sounding boards and we need people that kind of rub us the wrong way. And then we need to be willing to actually work together and communicate through some of those conflicts, like you were talking about before, so that we can grow and we can have more effective communication, which ultimately leads to, you know, more effective everything. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. And we, we, I mean, I don't know if you've handled, I'm sure you've, you've had the people that pulled the God card on you. Well, God <laughs> told me, it's like, okay, why are you even talking to me about this? You've already decided. God told me I need to, to date this lady. Okay. How, <laughs> who is she? Well, she's, I'm 25. She's a 50, 50 year old widow. <laughs> like, no, this is not probably not a good idea for you. Okay. Um, that's obviously, but, but that, pulling that God card, because when they, now there's a balance here, there's a tension here when they are just by themselves and they're just processing everything is that there's so many, so many, so much other great, you know, mentors and friends yeah. and people that, that can help. But then also it doesn't give people the room to engage when you pull that card. It doesn't give anybody, cause what are you going to say? No, God did not tell you that. It's like, okay, right. It's, yeah um but then you you yeah i I don't know exactly remember where i was going but just the idea of 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 connection and community you know what i'm trying to say yeah brother i feel you i feel you oh i was also going to say this when you were talking is it's also important that you realize all the stuffing is happening at the same time so we need to be growing you know we need to be looking at ourselves and growing ourselves, understanding our weak Mm -hmm. points, our insecurities, those things. We also need to be active in what's going on right now. If we're just inward focused, and this can be said about our, you know, our individual selves, churches, organizations, if we're all about growing ourselves, we forget that there's other people there. Now, Mm. I think it's good for us to grow as people, but oftentimes we're growing because someone else in life whether it's our family, our kids, other people, you know, community, they need that person that we need to become. Yeah. And, and so wow. it's so important for us. We can't, we, we're never going to get to an end line. And so we need to be growing, but at the same time, looking inward and outward. And the only way that happens is that you develop habits of doing both of those things at the same time, rhythms of rest and reflection and growth. Come on. And, you know, obviously quiet time with Jesus, connection with friends crazy activity that you don't you know you don't sleep more than five hours for a week straight like that all the dynamics of life is what stretches us and helps us grow and uh, all those things have to be involved so good love it it's a good word man um i want to let's get into a little bit on what you're doing now with uh college assistance plus i'm super fascinated by this i was really excited actually to talk to you about about this in particular uh, and to just catch up and everything else that we've been of doing. but you know what I mean. I've just, I've just been. This is so, this is so huge to me because, uh, like you already alluded to earlier, um, college is crazy in terms of like. Okay, so my wife and I too, we were like really blessed to yeah. be able to graduate from, um, you know, from the college that we went to with zero debt, like zero, yeah. zero debt. We didn't have any, you know, I don't even think it's, at the time an, you could get it's an anomaly. Loans, it doesn't happen. Well, you get loans, but yeah, it, it was crazy. Like people are, um, people are kind of, you know, have been shocked at different points in my life where, you know, I was talking with like a financial advisor or somebody like that going through, you know, my situation. And they're like, uh, you don't have any, like any student debt at all. It's just like, kind of like a fascinating thing. Cause it's, 
I mean, I know people that are in their fifties that have good jobs. That's the thing. Like they have good jobs where they're making good money and they still have Well, I mean, that, that's another student, issue. That's another issue debt. too. We're, you're talking about, you know, the people that need to go talk to Dave Ramsey. That's part well, of it. Well, okay. Yeah. 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 You're, you're right. You're Let right. me talk to you about the six baby steps. <laughs> you got to get these. It's, it's yeah. a it's a, his his entree leadership stuff is incredible so if you for you real know, it's great stuff yeah. but you're talking about some is just is financial ineptitude and that that happens well that, but not it. always i i definitely yeah, i agree with yeah. you i i think the, you're right i think you're the right the average but... the average student loan takes 20 years to pay off mm -hmm. so that's not all that's not all you know just people being done with money um so here I'll get I'll lay some some numbers I heard, for you. I heard so, the average like dental student graduates with four hundred thousand dollars of student loan debt, and of course they're in a field where they're going to be making pretty good money supposedly, right? You know, but there it, it so takes we, time to build up even in that, and so you know it's just like that's such a huge sort of weight that's just hanging over you as soon as you're ready to start your professional career. You know what I so mean? So let me run some numbers by you because numbers speak. Uh, yeah, please. Wonders. So in 2004, when, when CAP started, College Assistance Plus started, uh, there was $350 billion of student debt. That's a crap load of money. Now, by the end of this year, the guesstimation is going to be about $2 trillion. Yeah. $2 trillion. That was a guess. But so that's right. your magician. <laughs> Magic man. Um, so that's on average between thirty six dollars and $40,000 per student. Here's some tr tricky math, though. The a student can only take out in their name between twenty-seven and thirty-one thousand dollars in their name. Oh, okay. anything above that, they need to have a credit-worthy cosigner. Okay. So that's a parent, a grandparent, a crazy person on the street. What you know? They they need somebody. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, is that those are federal loans, and you know these. This has been in the news a lot. Even if you go and become bankrupt, you cannot, you know, yeah, offput those loans. Yeah. And so anything above 30 grand, parents are taking on as loans. Parent plus loans is one of the most important. Again, government. If uh, there's a million people, million students a year that default on their loans. If a student defaults on loans, who needs to take care of those? Those parents. parents. Because they're government loans, they can dock your wages. Mm. They can take out your Social Security. They can dock your Medicaid. Like, wow. government's going to get theirs, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And also... Since we started in 2004, schools have doubled their price on average. Mm. The average school Since raises their price. You said 2004. Wow. So, where you know a school was, you know, what are some? I, I wish I had pulled up. There's some, you know, de decent schools like Vanderbilt, a one that I know off the top of my head, mm -hmm. was thirty five thousand dollars a year in 2004. Now it's like seventy four. A year. A year. So you'll have. I'll I'll go through some. There's oh some basic gosh. tiers. Uh, and here in New York and most around uh, other places, uh, state schools are right around $24,000, $25,000 a year for a state school. Mm. Uh, that's, you know. Wow. And then the next tier up is like that thirty-five to forty-five range. And these are mostly private schools, medium-sized private schools. Okay. And then then the top-end schools are between sixty-five dollars and $75,000 a year in four years. And because they're going up by 3%, we're, I was talking to a, a – a student who was looking at what school is it? I forget what school it was, but it, right now it's about $74,000 a year. This school is going up and uh, has been going up about three to 4% a year. 
by the time they finish their schooling, it's going to be over $80,000 per year. I think it's going to be eighty three dollars or $84,000 per year. Oh, my gosh. And that's just insane. We're, so you're nuts. talking about 300000 Now, there's financial aid there and things like that. But sure. here's a few other kickers. Um, one of the things that gets us most in trouble, I'll go through a few things. One is people think that their smart kid is special and is going to get a full ride to whatever. And that's just right. not the case. Schools do okay. not get full rides. Like only in very, we've served thousands of clients and we've only gotten a few, a full ride a couple times, like less okay. than five times, you know, five or six times maybe. And we're talking about like 3,000, 4,000 yeah. clients and families that we serve. It just doesn't happen. So quick question client, on, on those that you did see uh, where they were able to get a full ride. Was that based on academics or was that based so, on sports or what was that? <laughs> so uh, the president of Harvard was under oath last year. And they asked, okay, how, what's the term of financial aid? Let me digress a little bit. If you're trying to go, you know, you're top of your class, 4.0, 1600. Here's the thing. People think, oh, well, that's going to get me a full ride or tons of money from Yale or Harvard. Right. Here's the thing. You need to do that. You need to have 4.0 and a 1600 to even get admitted into the school. They're not giving, mm -hmm. they're not giving full rides. Why? Because that's 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 the starting point you're wow. also competing against every other student in the world everybody who wants to be a doctor you know is going to these different schools True. another good example is unc medical school university of north carolina amazing medical school but that program if you're trying to get in the program you're competing against not just everybody in your state or country yeah. you're you're competing against the Val Victorian in France and China and all these all these things and their wow. yeah, international crazy. students are paying full price and so wow. a school is not like a community service they're a business they want to make money they sure. want to make money off of you <laughs> uh, sure. and so um <laughs> off of you. they're a business they want like they don't yeah. they don't care like I would say professors oftentimes professors or, or people like that want to educate but if you're an administrator or a school you want to get as much money from students as possible because mm. you are a business. Yeah. So where was I? Okay. So even if you are an amazing student, I have a student that I work with this last year. Uh, one of the top members in his class, 4.0, awesome SAT, um, wanting to go to school, uh, a good school, not an incredible school. Like it's, it's one of the better engineering schools here in the Northeast. Okay. And his parents for, they have multiple kids, you know, pulling off their tax information, the schools ask for your, all your information too. That's not something else we can talk about. And they tell you how much you, you can pay every year. So they, they get all your financial information and the school says, Hey, based on your, your finances, you're going to pay blank and blank a year. So I actually have this right here. So if, if your EFC it's called expected family contribution. So if you make $80,000 a year and you have one kid in college, they're expecting every year to contribute $10,500 to school every single year. Okay. Say you're making, you're making 120 grand a year, uh, 150. They're expecting you to pay almost $33,000 a year for that school. Okay. And they're not going to give you financial aid more than that number because they're saying, Hey, you can pay this amount. Right, right, right. And so I have a, a student um, that I'm, I, I was working with amazing grades going to a, a, a good school, not, we're not talking about MIT here, mm -hmm. but it, for a few different reasons, their, their family's AGI was, was lower, uh, right around under $40,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And 
he's going to the school for $12,000 a year. Wow. And so that's a good, that's a good deal. But even if you think about that in context is that it's going to be hard for them to get loans. Sure. It's not like they sure. have 40 grand sitting around and it's still in the best circumstances, 12 grand a year. And that's yeah. the best, you know, best deal. Usually it's between 17 and $25,000 a year in most circumstances. Right. And if yeah. your family makes enough, you're, you know, you're paying, you know, a, a bunch of money. Sure. Uh, you're still getting some merit-based aid, but it, it's a ton of money. Um, so it, it's just the, the whole system. Oh, another problem I was going to say is another problem is that people want to brag about their kids, which is fine. You know, my kid's an honor student. You know, that's good. You know, sure. my around here, there's there's something called a, um, uh, what is it called? It's basically a student of the month uh -huh. uh, habit of minds <clears throat> award. And you see all the stickers on everybody's minivans. It's awesome. But everybody wants to say, hey, my student is a student at blankety blank blank, you know, whatever it is, um, USC or Yale or Brown or Harvard right, sure. or UNC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's 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 honor brag. Um, so last year, the um, get back to your question, the president of Harvard said, here's a few ways you can get a full ride. One, if you're seven foot tall. You know, go play basketball. Wow. We'll get we'll okay. give you a full ride. <laughs> two, yeah. two, if you can pay full price. You know that that's how you get in. If you could pay our seventy five thousand dollars a year full price, this is not like bribery. You just call the admissions office and say, "Hey, we'll pay full price," and you're going to the top of the list because wow. they want your money. Okay. <laughs> um, and I think you know number four or five is if you're a really great student, <laughs> and okay. so it's it's all about this. It's it's all yeah, a game yeah. for them. And they want to get as much money from you as possible. And so one of the biggest things that we do is we help students. There's six steps that we walk through. I won't walk through all of them, but we help students understand what they're actually trying to achieve with college. Because mm. you'll hear people throw around the term college experience. Okay, if you want to give me $25,000 a year, I can give your son or daughter a great experience. Come on. And I'll, you know, I'll be your travel agent, no problem. Yeah. You don't go and pay that much amount of money for a college experience. That's stupid. Yeah, right. Don't do yeah, that. I agree. You also have people going to schools that they have no business going to um, because they want to be seen as more prestigious. Mm. Um, one of the things that we'll hear from guidance counselors, you know, oh, you, you, you got a 4.0, you got this and this and this. You should really target your reach schools, which means your reach schools are your academic reach schools sure, that yeah. you're going to pay more money for because they're not going to give you financial aid because you're just right. as smart. Or yeah, a little less smart than everybody else. Got in the door, kind of. Exactly. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. They're giving. They're, they're giving that money to all stars. And then, um, and then, so we help people understand. Okay, what are you actually going to school for? Because it's not just a good degree. We want to help you actually launch into your career. So we That's go through good. career coaching and help them understand what their financial profile is, what their academic profile is. Um, so there's a story I want to tell you. This is kind of crazy. This is like the worst example. So when I was a recruiter for Campus Target, uh, we were talking to college kids all the time. And there's this girl, her name was Lauren, um, and she had gone to be a social worker. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know about Alabama, but social workers here in New York make $35,000, $40,000 a year. Okay, that's, you know, that's fine. Uh, it's not incredible money. It's not, it's not a lot. It's on the lower end. Yeah. And so she had gone through a, a, to a private college. So she had a really sad story. When she was younger, her dad had passed away. She was raised by her mom and she had a great stepdad while she was in school. Her mom actually passed away 
And so she had known that her, that she had taken about eighty thousand, eighty eighty five thousand dollars of student loans out to get through her degree. Wow. She found out about two weeks before she graduated. Her mom had passed away the year before. She found out her mom had taken another twenty to twenty five thousand dollars of student loans out. So she was walking out with a degree in social work, a wow. undergrad degree, and she yeah. was one hundred and ten thousand dollars in debt. That's insane. Wow. Like yeah. that's ridiculous. Now, if you're going into debt, one of the rules that we tell people is don't take out more than your first year salary. So if you're going to be a teacher, a, a worthy profession, a great profession for a lot of people. Sure. Don't be taking out 60 grand a year. You're never, you're never making that much in your life. Right. And that's how you pay for forever. Now, if you're going to be an engineer and you're making 75 or $80,000 a year, you have a little bit more room there. Sure. But still, that's the way that people get so slammed by debt. You, you talked about a dentist student. We have, one of our original clients went to uh, be a doctor and he's a radiologist making 250, $270,000 a year. Amazing. S between him and his wife, they still had 400,000 plus a, a year of debt. Yeah. Man. And they're talking about where they're, they're a decade into their decade, 15 years into their career, hmm. a decade probably. Uh, and they can get, only get a mortgage for $150,000. Wow. How crazy is that? <laughs> And so if you're going into a medical career or you need a PhD, there's, you know, certain people need that. Lawyers are going to need a lot. Yeah. Doctors. Man. But especially if you're like, if you're going, you need to figure out what you want to accomplish and why you want to get the education that you want and then go for that with the least amount of cost possible. So that was all rambling a little bit, but no, I man, it's, it's good. It's like eye opening stuff for real. Like, do you. Do you ever have that conversation with people where you're doing like the career counseling and figuring out, okay, like, like just because you want to go to this school because you want yeah. this experience or because your uncle went there or whatever, like that might not be the best thing. Like, do you, does that conversation ever end oh, up with you saying, to. well, no. So, oh like, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Like, I'm just, I'm wondering, you might not know what, where I'm going with this. You might. Do, does that conversation ever end up with you saying, Hey, the best move for you based on what you want to do is to not go to college. <laughs> <laughs> I Does don't ever, ever say that because that's bad. <laughs> or, or are you always trying to like? This I is mean, like your. Uh, this is like your mom telling you to clean your room. You're like, ah, uh, no, mom, no, thank you. You never. I mean, wanna... what, what? Being being on on the inside of something like this, like, what is your what's your perspective on that? Um, because, uh, I don't know. I just I, I don't know. And and maybe you'll maybe you'll turn me around on this. I think that there are some people that like based on what they want to do, what their aspirations are, um, you know, maybe their aspirations are to start a business or like different things that they want to do. And I, I don't know, does everybody do you do you think that everyone should have a college education? Or do you think that it, there's, you know, it's a more of a case by case basis, and some people are better off, like, not getting into this debt, not spending that money, and instead, you know, doing going a different route. So I would say this, I would say, are you gonna get in trouble? If for these no, questions, okay. no, 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 definitely because <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a few examples. One is um, I'm working with a client right now. She's thinking about going into music or creative design or something like that. Art design. Yeah. If you're going to be, this is actually a great example, a graphic design artist. There's a few ways you can get there, right? You don't need any licensure or certificate to be a creative, you know, a graphic designer. Mm -hmm. I was thinking of Marcus, I was listening to your, your conversation with Marcus, you know, he yeah. doesn't have to go to school 
he did, but he doesn't have to go to school to sell t-shirts and to be a graphic designer. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, if I'm going to be a lawyer or a doctor, I do. Oh, of course. So I'm, I'm working with this girl. Her parents don't have tons of money and I'm saying, let's talk about the best opportunity. Really. There's two ways to get to where you want to go. One is you either go to school and you take out money and you have debt and that's going to get, you know, kind of jumpstart. Hopefully you make some connections and networking and you get a great job. Or you just go get a normal job and you build your portfolio, right? Okay. Because yeah. if I am, if I'm, you know, I don't, uh, we just redesigned our website, collegeassistanceplus.com. And nice. it's beautiful. It's awesome. But I don't give a rip if the guy, my designer went to school for graphic design. Mm, I want to okay. see his past work, right? Yeah. I'd also say is that people think that, and uh, I don't like academics. I'll just make, I'll just go out there. I, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. I don't like academics who think that the ivory tower is the place to be. I went to school recently. I just finished up my bachelor's a couple of years ago. And the guy who's now retired, thank goodness. He was, um, he had been an academic his whole life and he was a PhD. And so in some ways, colleges are teaching kids that education is where they need what they need in order to get to where they want to be. I right. like that. Uh -huh. I like that header. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. And that's just not that's not true in a lot of cir circumstances. If the goal of my education is to get more education, that's bad. It's like the okay. professional students that you know. Now, certain times you're going to need that <laughs> education, but if someone is teaching me and they've never actually done it, like I don't care about your theory. Like right. show me what you've actually right. done. Yeah, I'd I'd also Agreed. say is that it's important. Even if we don't go to college, we need to be learners. Because I've I've met people with, you know, advanced degrees that stop learning when they finished at college, and they're dumb as rocks because yeah. they haven't adapted. Actualized, it, yeah, for sure. If you're not reading and learning and learning new things, um, you're just stuck in the water. Yeah. So yeah, yes, you need to understand. To get back to your original question, you need to understand where you're going in life. What does God have for you? What are the talents and skills that you have? What opportunities do you want to pursue? Do you want to work mm. in a corporation? If you want to work a corporation, you're probably going to need a, a, a degree. Right. If you want to start your own business, hey, you know what's not a great way to start your own business? Having $50,000 of debt that you need to pay off every <laughs> single month. It just doesn't, it's not, it's not going to work. Well, I've um, heard of some families where like, you know, the parents are somewhat, you know, somewhat well off, like they've got decent jobs. Like I've heard of them saying like going this route where, okay, as opposed to like, okay, you, you want to go into business. All right. So I can spend $200,000 over the next four years to send you to college, or I can give you $50,000 <laughs> to start a business. You know what I mean? And of course that's not going to work for everybody, but I mean, I, I, just kind of thinking of, I think that that's a nice practical way to approach something uh, where you can get some really good experience by going out. And even if you fail <laughs> in the process, like what you learn by doing something as yeah. opposed to just being taught about it. Again, obviously this doesn't work if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be a lawyer, if you want to be, you know, if, of course it doesn't work across the board, but for some people, you know, I, I really do think that there's, other kinds of options and i agree 100 and that's where you need to know your kid and like there, there's some clients i we talk to and i'm sitting there i'm like 
if I was this kid's parent, I would not be investing in college right now because they are going to blow it. Uh, they are not, they are not mature. College. They are not mature enough. I mean, beyond the fact that we're trying to get these 18, 17, 18 year olds to decide what they want to do with their life. It's yeah, idiotic. It's crazy. Um, but at least if you're headed in the right direction, that's good. I would say with the $50,000 to your, your, you know, your son or daughter idea or $10,000, what it is. Right. Yeah. You need to know your kid. Like my, my, my eight year old. Now he was seven last summer. I helped him start a little smoothie business and he made like 80 bucks this last summer and it was awesome. And he's seven years old and, but I'm training them in what I want them to be good at, whether that's ministry, whether that's business, whether that's relationships. And so if you think your kid can handle that, yeah, like get them in an internship at 16 year old in your office or with a, with a friend, uh, get them, you know, do stuff. You, you're obviously not that. That's actually a funny example because if you told that to a lot of parents, they would say that is ridiculous. I would never mm-hmm. trust my kid with fifty thousand dollars. I'm like, you're trusting him with two that or two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, to like just get you up think on time, that college is the same all that. It's really not. Yeah. So w- one of the things I love, and this is kind of a dream of mine in the future, is starting an organization. And, and Joe Wicks actually does this over in Utica, in New York. He's working with some different community um, community groups. I love to set up a system of apprenticeships and mark uh, mentorship between high schools and businesses. Mm. An issue that we have currently is that companies do not want to invest in the growth of their people. Okay. Uh, I, yeah. I, before 100%. I got this job, I was interviewing with a talent recruiter or a, like a, a recruitment service. And one of the things that you'll see is in a lot of these companies, It'll say, we want this level of experience and we're not hiring entry level positions. And every single company is doing that because they want all the 22 year old dummies that just got out of school. Not all of them are dummies. Don't be offended. But all the, all the 22 year olds that just got out of college, they want them to learn on someone else's dime. But if you want to build loyalty within your employees and build actually good culture, help them not have to suffer through the negative things they need before you hire them. Wow. And that's going to build a better employee who is better served to work in your company. And it's kind of like, it's, um, it goes back to what was the quote? It was from either like Ford or GE or Walmart or some, or maybe Chick-fil-A. Maybe I think it was Chick-fil-A. And the quote was, why do you, why are you spending so much money on high, you know, training all these 17, 18, 19 year olds, you're wasting so much time because they're going to leave in a year. And right. the guy said, you know what? Here's the issue. I, I see where you're coming from, but what happens if I don't train them now and they stick around for 10 years? <laughs> the, the idea is that we need to be investing in the people that we're working with yeah, because absolutely. that's only me helpful. So I'd love to set up something where we're companies are directly connecting with high schools and having open internships. They're having training programs. Like here's a good example. If you had five construction companies and they do the trades is an easy one. Let's go a little harder. Let's go architecture. So you have, um, you have to have different licenses to work as an, uh, an architect. What if you had five different companies that for four days a week, you had a group of 10, 10 people, 10 students, 18, 19 year olds that just graduated college. They're all working day to day stuff in these architecture firms doing whatever answering the phone, something they, yeah. you know, that doesn't require, but every Friday, these five companies get it, get all their 
everybody in one room and they have class every day or every Friday. And they do that for a few years. It's a contract that they build in. Uh, and then after a couple of years, you have all these students that are extremely loyal to you, hopefully, because mm. you've been training them. They didn't have to spend $200,000 a year to go get a degree. And eventually they can step in a role with passing the right certificates and, 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 and licenses to be an architect. And so I love yeah. thinking of ideas like that, where we're preparing kids for the lives that they want to lead and what God has for them without saying you need to go spend a hundred thousand dollars, dollars, $200,000. Um, yeah, man. So, yeah. Yeah. Rethinking some of this stuff is, is I, I think it's so necessary. Right. And yeah. I mean, I, and obviously you, you, you're very much involved in this conversation because of the work that you do. I think that's so, I think that's so great. I mean, it's just like, I definitely feel like, I mean, if we go back a number of years, couple of, couple of decades, the thing was like, the big thing was like, you need to get a college education, like, and, and this is the way that this is done. And, but I mean, the, the issue with some of this stuff now is that, you know, kids are spending all this money and going to school and I'm not anti-college, like, I hope that's not coming across in the questions I'm asking, but I'm just curious, but it's like, uh, the job security of like coming out of school and being able to go right into your field, it doesn't happen for a lot of people, yeah. you know? And so I mean, that's an issue as well. And so definitely rethinking and re-innovating. And I mean, I think it's a really in some ways, like it, it's a broken system that really like needs to be fixed. And so I love what you're doing. I, I love what your organization is doing in that. Okay. Well, <laughs> we, we can't exactly, like fight the system but what we can do is we can find ways to make this as you know profitable or as as you know as simple as easy it is for you as possible to get in there and to get your you know to to go through your academics and your course of study and you know to come out with it being as little burden on you as possible yeah there, there's one one way that we we do this that is extremely effective and i don't think people People, this will blow people's minds. So we have six steps that we walk people through clarity on your career, understanding your financial profile and your academic profile that leads to getting a great list of schools. Um, and then helping with SATs and essay and applications. I'm obviously I'm skimming this really quick. There's more sure. information on collegeassistanceplus.com. And then that's going to lead to your maximized first financial offer because we're sending to the right schools. You're applying there. You have the best, the, you you put your best foot forward. But then our last step that we often do, not in every circumstance, is that we actually appeal to colleges for more financial aid. And this is mm. kind of nuts. People think, again, people think that schools are out for their best interest and they're not. They're, they want your money right. and they want you as a student. <laughs> One of the things that they get ranked on is um, student retention. So they want kids that are going to stay there for all four years. And so one of the things that we do is after we get financial aid offers, we'll look through and say, is there a better deal out there? And people might be offended. They're like, well, of course, you know, these schools are so prestigious. We're just lucky to get in. That's insane. If I was buying a car, <laughs> it's, insane. it's insane. Listen, because they think that, yeah, again, it's realizing I'm that colleges you. are businesses and they want you as a customer, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're like, oh my gosh, I'm part of, I love Lord of the Rings. I got into the the fellowship of the ring. Like I'm so it's, it's not like that. There's, oh, by the way, this is going to be the most dangerous thing you've ever done. And you're probably going to die. Yeah. <laughs> kind of so like going to college. Kind of like going to college. No, yeah. I'm joking. But, it's but like, I, li if I you, like, I like where you were going there. Like to to buying a car. 
if you applied to buying a car, could you ever say, be like, oh my gosh, that Ford dealer or that Toyota? You know, I am so lucky that Mercedes is letting me buy a car. How it's like, that's insane. But hey, man, if you have bad credit and like you, you do feel that way, like you, you, oh, feel, absolutely. you, you feel like, oh man, I didn't think I was going to be able to do this. And, and, and now and, they're telling me that I can, I'm part of the club. Like, and that's why you see, especially color, uh, you know, African-American communities and people of color of communities have some of the worst situations of student debt because, wow. because, you know, some oftentimes inner city kids, you know, whatever that looks like, obviously mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, this is kind of broad brushing, General, but yeah. their, their parents aren't going to pay able to pay in the school. And they'll go to schools and they'll walk out with sixty, eighty thousand dollars of debt. I'm like, what? Yeah, That's man. crazy. Yes, you got an education, but you're completely screwed for the rest of your life because you have this debt. Wow. And so, so what we do is going back to the car analogy because it's really easy. You know, I'm um, if I'm going to a Mercedes dealer and I say, oh, you know, the Ford. Pardon me. The Ford dealer is going to give me this deal. And it's like, okay, I don't care if you buy Ford. We're not competitors. <laughs> It's like, go, go drive your geo, whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so we'll find competing offers. So you go get an offer from BMW and take it back to Mercedes, or, you know, you, you go, you, maybe you want to, uh, we, we're in the minivan market. So you go, you go look and Dodge and, and GMC or, you know, wh whatever that is. You, you, yeah, man. And you say, Hey, I can buy this Toyota over here for $4,000 less, but I, I like your minivan better. So can you give me more money? Yeah. And we've our success rate this last year has been about 75% success on those appeal letters uh oh, over man, a couple that's hundred. Awesome. And that's since the beginning of COVID, we've gained an additional 3.5 million dollars of financial aid. So that's <laughs> wow. on top. So that's an you know, initial financial aid offer appeals and then that leads to uh more money. So that's average about $20,000 per family. Now, it doesn't happen in all circumstances and we can't do sure. that in everything, but I think the thing is that um, these are not like community service that just want to give you the great deal to get you the education, their businesses. And yeah. we need to act like consumers and we need to, we can negotiate with these schools. One yeah. of the things, well, is the school going to rescind, rescind the offer? We've never seen that. It's like, mm. they're not going to be so offended. Well, what if they're offended and they, right. pull, it, it doesn't happen. It's again, car metaphor, right? The, 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 the guy's not going to say like, you know, I am so offended that I'm not even going to let you buy my car. It's like, that's stupid. He might say, well, we can't go any lower and, but you still have the opportunity to buy and that's your choice. But it's the same thing. It's, I, I used to do that. Cause like I, I work in financial services and I sell like mainly like life insurance and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't do a whole lot of it now, but I used to kind of do that with people. Like if people were giving me too much pushback, I would start to pack my stuff up. It's yeah. like really good reverse psychology. I start to pack my stuff and be like, you know what? I, I like, I really appreciate your time. I just, it doesn't seem like this is going to work. And, uh, you know, I don't feel like I'm in the best position to serve you guys. And then like every single time I did that, bro, they would stop me. Like, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Cause it's, it's so much time. It's so much work. It's so much energy on their part to find another partner to dance with. Yeah. And you think about, again, as college kids, they're spending money on every single student that's coming into their seats. And that's also why if you're a good student, your freshman, your sophomore year, you're more valuable to that school than some person off the streets because they can if you can keep you there. So we'll, we'll often also appeal in between school years for potential more money, uh, mm. too. So not in wow. every cir circumstances, but there's lots yeah. of money out there um, for people. That's so, awesome, though, man. Yeah, it's fun. For real.
what was it like for you starting with this company like right before COVID hit? Did that was it a big was it a major impact on on what you were doing? I'm wondering like is most of what you do is it via like video conference and stuff like that anyway or like it is now how did that affect you? Uh, it, it was now. pretty crazy actually. <laughs> it was we did the majority of our work we were doing live seminars and talking in at libraries and community eds and high schools and things like that. And so March 15th or 17th, whatever it was that, you know, a day or two after the NBA shut down that mm. week, we lost 20 seminars. They just, Whoa. they're just all, they all got canceled. So we were like, wow. Oh crap. And so we've gone through a major transition. I was hired as a, a consult, uh, two kind of hats doing sales and then consulting, uh, working with our clients. That's, that's our, our, mm -hmm. our consultants are, are, are that those are the people that work directly with our clients. And so, um, so yeah, my, my role has changed a lot since then. Uh, one of the cool things is because I was coming from the outside, I had a different perspective and I was able to bring new ideas to the table. And so I've been given a lot of leeway to design some new plat, uh, platforms and services. So we have three main services that we, we help people with. One is our full service package, which is basically one-on-one -on -one with a consultant. Okay. The next is a membership model, which is, is kind of what I, I, put forward and, and designing and running right now and it's $99 a month and starting at the beginning of your junior year we have another cohort starting in September and it walks through every step of that process that we're walking through our norm you know our full service clients with and then you also get a um, one on you know an hour of consultant time every single month and then two live webinars and, and we basically educate people through the process and then we also do appeal uh, just appeals and financial reviews for families too so um, it's given a lot of opportunity for us to say, how can we change what we're doing to better connect with our customers, which everybody, if, if you didn't do that the last 18 months, you're not here anymore, whether you're a church or right. whether you're a business, yeah. it's just, it's just not possible. For so sure. just being really flexible and saying, how can we serve our customers better? How can we achieve our goals better, more effectively and have our team really together on, on moving forward? That's awesome. Yeah. Um, man, so cool. So how do you start the process? Is this like when, when kids are like seniors in high school or does it start before that in some cases, or is it? Well, I think it depends on what, what part of the process that you want to jump into. I would say if you have kids that are in middle school or later, you need to be talking to your financial advisor okay. just because you need to be, there's all sorts of ways that you can save for, for college. One of the best ways is just to save, you know, just saving money. That's, it's good. Um, we start working with clients in between their 10th and 11th grade year. That's the perfect time where okay. there's so much time to walk through the whole process and not be rushed in any time. If you're going to your senior year of college, or I'm sorry, your senior year of high school, you still have time, but it's getting a little close to being late because okay. you're applying to schools in November, December of your senior year, and you should have already taken your SAT. And so it's like, if you're entering yeah. your senior year, we can definitely help you, but it's definitely more of a, Hey, we need to go, you know, full fledged and run at this hardcore, or you're not going to, you're going to have a bad school list to, to apply to. Right. And yeah. then if you're a senior right now, getting ready, as long as you haven't paid anything on your bill and you haven't stepped on college campus, your tuition and your, your costs are still negotiable. And so there's definitely opportunities for everybody in that spectrum. Uh, to get involved and start the process now. I think the most important thing is just don't stick your head in the sand. It's better yeah. to start sooner because it's so expensive. It's like 
again, if, if you're buying a house and this is what it costs in some situations, if you're buying the house, you're a house, you're not going to say, Oh, I haven't been thinking about this cost, you know, this expense for the last 10 years. Let me just, I'm just going to wait and uh, I'm going to buy a house in a month. So I'm just going to start now. It's like, no, you, it takes right. years to do the plan that you need for your down payment and for, you know, all that stuff. So the sooner, the better. Um, and, and again, it depends how old, old your kids are and, and how close they are and yeah, your man. financial profile, your academic profile, what all, what all that looks like. Yeah, man. So for any uh, any parents and or students that are you know potentially you know thinking about these sort of things, whether we're talking about parents that are sort of looking ahead to you know maybe their kids are only ten or twelve yeah. or you know maybe they're younger right now, but they want to start looking ahead to how they can be better prepared and how they can save and all this kind of stuff and be prepared for like what the process is going to be like. Um, and then also for you know any students that are older or slash parents of students that are older that are in high school. And that are looking for, you know, how they can get some more assistance or just maybe, you know, have someone come alongside them and just do what you guys uh, do. Uh, what, where would you direct somebody to just to get some more so, resources? Or information? So I would say two things, two things. You could go to college. Well, I'll say three things. One is if your kids are really young, you should talk to a financial planner just to start okay. saying, hey, I'm going to send my kid uh, there. Uh, we have some suggestions that we work with a number of financial planners. Uh, all over the place. So if you if you need help with that, we can help. You can go to College Assistance Plus, obviously. And also in the link of this show, I'm going to put a and I'll send this to you link. I have a Calendly link that you could set up a free consultation okay. with me personally. Oh, that's awesome. To, um, you know, just 30 minutes of saying, okay, where are you at? What do you need? What are your biggest questions? And then we could, you know, figure out if there's a way we could serve you or there's next steps that we think that would be great for you. And so I'd, I'd love to be able to serve any, any of your listeners or any, you know, that's not, that's not like a, you know, uh, you know, feel free to, for anybody to, to use you didn't that. have to be on the podcast. In other words, you didn't have to be watching the podcast to get, to get, to get this. So Absolutely you can share yeah. that. You can sh feel free to invite or share that with somebody that, you know, 100%. and, uh, uh, that's, Cap that's so huge, man. That's super helpful. Yeah. Cap was started. One of the reasons Cap was started is our founder was in a, on a college board and their biggest topic of that meeting was his first meeting was if they wanted to put a $950,000 waveless swimming pool in because they wanted to compete with all the other schools around. Okay. And that's kind of the idea that was in like the early mid mid nineties. Um, and hmm. so that's the idea is that if you, if you're going in this with your head in the sand, you're going to spend way too much for maybe a degree that your kid doesn't even need or want. Wow. Wow. Think through the process, be really intentional and it's going to mostly come out. Well, that's awesome, man. That's so yeah. helpful. Yeah. Really appreciate that, man. Really appreciate you uh, sharing that and all of your insights. And I just think that's awesome. I think it's awesome work that you're doing uh, there. And I would, I would also say, if you made it this long, if you have a, you know, if you're you're a, tr a church, if you're a church or a leader, we, we want to give resources that the church family too. So if if you're a leader that you want to so edu cool. help educate your your congregation on this stuff, we I'd be happy to present and share with it your congregation too. Yeah. So. Am I remembering correctly? You said something about the, the founder of the organization being a, I, I don't want to believe it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't sure if I <laughs> finished my sentence for me, Josh. No. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And so we, we were working with a number of high, uh, homeschool associations and a number of Christian schools and private schools, a number of radio stations and, 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 and people we're working with. We definitely want to, be a benefit to the the community 
here's the thing. If, if I was a 21 year old and $50,000 of student debt, I wouldn't have been able to go to Asia for a year that completely changed my life. Well, and so if we're able to help people get out of that financial ruinous situation where they have $300,000 of debt or a hundred thousand dollars debt, they're never going to pay for, they're going to be able to engage in what God has for them. Maybe they want to, they can take that part-time pastor position. Maybe they can take their family on the other side of the world to be missionaries. Maybe they can give to their community more. Mm. Um, it just helps so much in, in every area of life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, buddy. Thank awesome. you, man. This was a blast. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Really, really glad you did this with me. Appreciate you. Thanks for the invitation. Um, oh, and Josh Whippy, go check him out. Josh Whippy. Make sure you check out Josh Whippy. Make sure you check out uh, if you're in that mode of life right now. Uh, maybe you have kids that are in high school or even middle school and you're looking forward to uh, just looking ahead to planning for college and all that kind of stuff, especially if there's any confusion surrounding it for you. Yeah. Check this out, collegeassistanceplus.com. And uh, we'll make sure that we have that link in the show notes uh, of the podcast here. And uh, we'll post the link too, along with the video of this um, on like Facebook and LinkedIn and stuff like that as well. So that awesome. if you're interested in checking any of that out, but I would definitely super recommend um, if you have any confusion in this area, you're interested in some more resources, more information, or you know somebody who is, um, take Josh up on this uh, on this offer for this free uh, consultation by signing up at the Calendly link. Um, just be it'd just be awesome. And obviously, he's a really uh, sort of you know down to earth guy who would be more than happy to to serve you in any way that he can. Uh, you know, low low pressure uh, situation there. So, um, but yeah, thank you, Josh. Appreciate you, brother. Um, I'll, uh, look forward to doing this again with you, man. Yeah. Let's make sure it's not another 13 years. Yeah. I just need, well, if we, <laughs> if we go by, if we take that ratio, we just spent like two oh, hours together. Point. Yeah. We spent two hours together. So I just need about maybe like a day off to kind of detox and then. <laughs> so I'll see you at 12 tomorrow. We'll, yeah, it'll be good. We'll do this again tomorrow. Uh, no, man, I love you, bro. Definitely not going to, don't, don't disconnect yet. Cause we'll, uh, we'll, okay. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk a minute after I end the stream here, but, <laughs> but, uh, thank you everybody. Appreciate you guys for being here. We'll be back with the next episode on Thursday. This episode will be uploaded later on to Spotify, Apple, Google, all the major podcast platforms, and you can check all past episodes out there as well. Uh, the link is redcircle.com slash shows slash real live talk. Sorry that's so long, but that's just what it is for the time being. So uh, thank you guys again. Have an awesome day. All right. That's the end of the episode. But thank you again so much for taking the time to be here. If this podcast episode blessed you or added any kind of value to your day, if you would consider subscribing to Real Live Talk, that would really mean the world to me. Also, if you would leave a review, particularly if you're listening to this somewhere like Apple Podcasts where it allows you to leave a review, that would really help me out and make sure that we can reach more and more people with this podcast. So thank you so, so much. And by the way, <laughs> I apologize for the sound in this particular episode. Josh sounded great, but uh, I didn't realize that my microphone had switched to um, a different mic and the sound quality was not what it usually is. So I apologize for that, but I promise you that it will be back to normal for <laughs> the next episode. So I hope you come back and I look forward to seeing you then. Thanks.